Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You are short. Today is Wednesday, January 29, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, a cop in Prince George's County has been charged with murder for shooting a black man handcuffed in his police car. Now, uh, the Prince George's County State's Attorney is looking into two other shootings involving that police officer. We'll talk with the State's Attorney right here in Roland Martin Unfiltered. An exclusive interview with Dr. Bennett Amalo. Of course, he is the doctor many widely credit with discovering CTE. But the Washington Post uh, printed a long article saying he did not discover CTE and pretty much calls him a salesman. He's going to respond to their story right here. The Trump administration has plans to make it easier for banks to discriminate against black people who want loans. I, I-, I thought he was doing so much for black people. Hmm. Another man has died in the Mississippi prison, bringing the count up to 13 this year. Also, Virginia is officially the 38th state to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment, clearing the way for court battles over whether the measure can be added to the United States Constitution. And why do stars keep passing up black media on the red carpet at award shows? I'm going to show you a video. Plus, we remember the life of Hall of Famer football player, 
Chris Dolman. Folks, it's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin on the filter. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Folks, a Prince George's County officer charged with murder after killing a handcuffed man. He is ordered hell without bond today by a district court judge who ruled the officer is a danger to the community. Corporal Michael A. Owen Jr. was arrested Tuesday night, less than 24 hours after he repeatedly shot William Green of Southeast Washington, who was handcuffed inside the police cruiser. Here's a news conference held today by Prince George's County Police Chief Hank Stawinski. Our community knows that when I have the facts, you will have the facts. For the past almost 24 hours, I have remained in constant consultation with members of our Special Investigations Response Team, our Criminal Investigations Division, our Forensic Sciences Division, and our Use of Force Experts. This has been a thorough and exhaustive review of all form and manner of evidence available to us, as well as a review of the preliminary findings of the Office of the Medi Chief Medical Examiner for the District of Columbia. And here are the facts. I am unable to come to our community this evening and provide you with a reasonable explanation for the events that occurred last night. I am unable to come to our community this evening and offer you a reasonable explanation for the events that occurred last night. I have concluded that what happened last night is a crime. And as a result, I have directed our special investigations response team to charge Corporal Michael Owen with second degree murder, manslaughter, and associated weapons charges in the death of William Green. Joining me right now is Prince George's County State's Attorney, Aisha Brave Boy. Glad to have you on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, first and foremost, I understand that um, you are also looking into two other shootings of this police officer? Actually, there is um, a request by the family um, who's the next of kin in one uh, other uh, incident involving the same officer. Um, they are, uh, they've requested that uh, we review the evidence in that case, and we will be taking a look at that evidence. Um, that was from uh, 2011, so of course that predates my tenure as state's attorney. Um, but uh, we try to be responsive to the public, um, and uh, we believe that it's important that the families understand, um, you know, all of the facts that the office was presented with at that time. Um, Again, I was not 
you know, the state's attorney at the time, but um, it is my office and I'm responsible for, you know, providing as much information as I can uh, to the family. The decision to uh, arrest the officer, um, and the, the, the chief said it was his call. Uh, what role did your office play in any of this? Well, let me just say this, and, you know, as with any case, and I want to just say this on, from the outset, just because this case is in the very early stages of the investigation, um, uh, Officer Owen uh, is presumed innocent uh, until he is proven guilty. So um, the police uh, did make a decision to charge, as they do um, in most cases involving criminal action, they make initial charging decisions, um, and then we review those charges. We screen the case. Um, in this case, because there are felony charges, um, as with any felony case, uh, we will use our grand jury process uh, to interview witnesses, collect any additional evidence, and make final charging decisions uh, before we move forward. Uh, folks, uh, this is a photo here, a booking photo. Uh, of uh, Corporal Owen as he appeared today in court via uh, video. Um, uh, Attorney uh, Brave Boy, the, when we look at this case, first of all, a lot of people have been very shocked uh, at how quickly um, this officer was charged. Uh, it is very rare to actually see that. Uh, and, and as you said, now it goes through the next step process. So now he was charged by the police officers, which now means that moving forward, uh, you will now take this to a grand jury to seek an indictment, correct? Well, what we do is we uh, we collect additional evidence, so we use our grand jury process, and uh, we ensure we, we are seeking the truth. And that's bottom line uh, with the process uh, that our office is responsible for. Uh, you know, that that is the result. We would like the result to be whatever the truth is and whatever the truth is that's the direction we'll move in um, again because it's so early in in the investigation and i certainly don't want to compromise the integrity of the investigation i really can't go into a lot of details about this specific case uh, but i can tell you that my office has been very diligent in, in every case but in particular in um, cases where uh, officers have been involved i've had to under my tenure indict uh, a few police officers. We've had two trials so far. We have been successful in those trials uh, because we don't just move forward on cases just for the sake of, of, of trying a, an officer. We move forward on cases where we believe uh, that's, you know, that's what justice requires. And so in this case, we'll, uh, we are a neutral body. We are independent of the police department. We will review the evidence that they have, but we will also conduct our own investigation and make appropriate charging decisions. Attorney uh, Aisha Brave Boy, we surely appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Got our panel here. Uh, joining us right now is Mustafa Santiago Ali, former senior advisor, environmental justice for the EPA. Scott Bolden, former chair, National Bar Association, Political Action Committee. Deontay Johnson, founder, president, Black Conservative Federation. Start with you, Scott. Uh, the fact that this police <coughs> chief moved this quickly. Uh, shooting took place Tuesday night. Uh, he moves on him the next day, arresting him for second-degree murder. Uh, that is extremely rare. Yeah, but... You can get a lot of facts in a very quick manner. What's interesting about this case is the other police officers who were there on the scene gave the victim immediate um, uh, resuscitation efforts. But, but as a former prosecutor, let me say three things. One, we don't have all the facts.
there are a lot more facts to this. This is a this is a really extreme case. Secondly, most police regulations say you don't handcuff a defendant or an arrestee and put him in the front seat. Right. They usually put him in the back seat. Right. Right. So why was he in the front seat? We don't know how many officers were there, but was there a prior relationship between this police officer and the uh, the arrestee? And then the shots. He shot him seven times. That's an execution. He shot a handcuffed man. A handcuffed seven man. Seven times. Seven times. Now, uh, that's some type of, some level of anger, if you will. And so, lastly, either there's a prior relationship and bad blood, in my opinion, or you may have a psychotic cop who may have killed others, and he just hasn't been discovered by the police department or testing or what have you. Well, Mustafa, one of the uh, one of the family members of another victim said uh, that uh, that person wasn't did not have a gun. Mm -hmm. uh, they claimed he claimed that he did, and, that, and they they asked the state's attorney to investigate uh, that case, and they're now looking into that. So this officer had two other fatal shootings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we need to find out what other charges, not even other charges, but what other things maybe he has done that were outside of the letter of the law. I, what I do know is that we've got over 1,100 folks who've been killed by police last year. About a quarter of those have been African-American folks. And this is not the first time that someone has been shot who ha was handcuffed. And we've had people who've been handcuffed with their hands behind their back before and been shot by police. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a shame that we have these types of egregious things to bring a spotlight once again on the disparity that happens, you know, from the police and in relationship to African-American men and, and, and men of color. Uh, Deontay, this is the, one of the issues that uh, people often talk about, again, why uh, police officers, um, in terms of how they're treated. It'd be very interesting to see how the union now responds, because we've seen in other cases especially when it's, when it's a black officer, mm -hmm. uh, how the union oftentimes just disappears. Uh, I, think about, uh, the sh I think about the cop uh, who killed a white woman in, uh, in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, th th they booked. I think about the Asian cop who, uh, who was uh, NYPD who killed a black man in the stairwell. Uh, they testified against him. So it'll be very interesting to see how the union responds. That is interesting. It's, well, to start off, shooting a retained person is there's something beyond you know whether there's something beyond mentally like it's it's just that's just sick um it's like you know i've already got you in my custody but i want to make sure that you don't go anywhere it doesn't make any sense and so um i, I hope they throw the book at him i hope they don't he's not just fired but yeah. i hope he they yeah. throw the book at him and the unions uh you know it is going to be interesting to see how the unions react uh, and I hope that they react not based upon, you know, any past incidents, but they react based upon that you shot a, a, a handcuffed man seven times. Yeah, but, Roland, real quick on the police unions, the Maryland State Police Union legislation or the rules in place uh, allow for a, a suspected cop who has killed someone to not talk, to not cooperate. And what's significant about that is is that the police chief charged this person charges this police officer, like the corporal, within, I'd say, less than 24 hours. Right. Which means whatever facts he knows or discovered or was reported, uh, they're pretty confident that they were going to charge him with murder. And, again, we don't have all the facts, but they do. Well, it's murder. 
Well, again, he was charged with second degree. Right. Uh, that's what he was charged with. Now, again, uh, and state, manslaughter. Uh, state, State's Attorney Brayboy, when they go through the indictment, they could actually charge him. They, they could actually indict him, same charges, or even take it to first degree murder based upon what they actually could. find out. Absolutely. So we'll see. Uh, we'll certainly see uh, what Very happens with that. Case. But uh, bottom case. line is uh, the fact that the fact that the police uh, uh, chief moved that quickly. Uh, it's something that's really important and we hopefully will see take place in, in other cases uh, as well. Today, of course, uh, you had uh, questions on the floor of the United States Senate uh, for Trump's lawyers as well as uh, House uh, Democrats who, who are leading the impeachment trial. was was very interesting about uh, what we heard today. First of all, we heard some of the most uh, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable, shocking, crazy, outlandish legal theories. Um, and, and, and one of them, of course... <laughs> Uh, was uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz, uh, and the, the thing, the one that really just, just, just stood out the most was Alan Dershowitz literally saying that whatever the president wants to do, if he does it in the national interest of him getting reelected, it's perfectly legal. Y'all, no, he didn't say that. Oh, he did. He could not have said that. Watch this. <laughs> he could not have said that. Privilege of attending the rolling out of a peace plan by the president of the United States regarding uh, the Israel-Palestine uh, conflict, and I offered you a hypothetical the other day. What if a Democratic president were to be elected and Congress were to authorize much money to either Israel or the Palestinians, and the Democratic president were to say to Israel, "No." I'm going to withhold this money unless you stop all settlement growth. Or to the Palestinians, I will withhold the money Congress authorized to you unless you stop paying terrorists. And the president said, quid pro quo. If you don't do it, you don't get the money. If you do it, you get the money. There's no one in this chamber that would regard that as in any way unlawful. The only thing that would make a quid pro quo unlawful is if the quo were in some way illegal. Now, we talked about motive. There are three possible motives that a political figure can have. One, a motive in the public interest, and the Israel argument would be in the public interest. The second is in his own political interest, and the third, which hasn't been mentioned, would be in his own financial interest, his own pure financial interest, just putting money in the, in the bank. I want to focus on the second one for just one moment. Every public official that I know believes that his election is in the public interest. And mostly you're right. Your election is in the public interest. And if a president does something which he believes will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. First of all, here's, let, let's just understand. 1980, 1992, President George H.W. Bush loses re-election. He withholds about $3 billion to go to Israel saying, do not continue with your settlements. So that actually happened. But to listen to him say that, oh, just as long as the president does it, and if he does something to help his own election efforts because 
he considers his election in the national interest, <laughs> it's all good. Definitely poor choice of words. Definitely poor choice of words. And, poor choice of theory. And Poor choice I, of I, logic. I am not a legal scholar. Hell, but, I, I'm not either. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely poor choice of words. Um, but, you know, I mean, poor choice of words. I no, mean, it's not a poor I choice mean, of words. It is, it is. This but, is one of Donald Trump's lawyers advancing a theory that as long as the president's... What he's saying is that the president... Donald Trump can do whatever he wants as long as he labels it in the national interest. So, therefore, his re-election is in the national interest. That is the most <laughs> illogical thing I have ever heard on the floor of the United States Senate by a so-called constitutional scholar. I want to say this. Mm -hmm. President Donald Trump can do whatever he wants when it's in the interest of national security and the national is national interest. That's now, even false. He, he can do no. If, if it's no, going, actually if it's going, he can't. If it's going to protect national security, if it's going to protect what the country as a whole. No, actually, that's simply also not true. So the president of the United States is not a king. He simply cannot make whatever decision he wants. Now he could try to cloak it in terms of this is national security, but the president of the United States does not have the have the right. And please show me anywhere in the Constitution that he can do, you said, whatever he wants. The President of the United States cannot even on his own declare war That's on a country. Correct. So that right there refutes what you just said. So, because he, if he says this war is in the national interest, he can't do that. Okay. So... No, no, not the president. Okay, the president. In, okay, you're right, and I'm wrong. I'm, go I'm going to give you that one. That was a poor choice. That was my. That was my Your own poor choice of words. So, but I would say this. I would say this. I got a poor choice of words. But I will say this. I will say this. When it comes to protecting national security and protecting the country, I'm right with them. Okay. I'm sorry. You're right with him. What? And and protecting our country when. But that's not... What does that... That's not that's the, not the issue. No, first no, of all, no, but this you, has nothing to do with printing the country. No, that's not what his argument is. Yeah. His argument... You're trying to flip the argument. He said... I'm going to focus on number two. What, uh. what Al Dershowitz said is that if Donald Trump says that my re-election or the re-election of any president, mm -hmm. I can cast any decision that I make that if it benefits me personally in my re-election, I can cast that as being in the national interest. Mm -hmm. Agree or disagree? I disagree. So what? What? So what the hell? What are his folks doing? The reality is Donald Trump wanted Ukraine to investigate his political rival to benefit him. Scott was crazy about this. DOJ could have, but he didn't ask the Department of Justice. Well, no, but he wanted Ukraine to, and then he said publicly, "Y'all got to announce it publicly." That's right, publicly. About Biden and his son. The false narrative and the false comparative that Dershowitz expounds on here is laughable. If 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 Donald Trump didn't do that, though, Donald Trump did not say, I need you to take care of corruption. He couldn't say that because that wasn't what he was thinking. He was thinking about the Bidens. And by the way, DOD uh three to four months before, had signed off and cleared Ukraine, having met all the requirements and obligations to, uh, to allow this money to go forward, 
based on their anti-corruption efforts. Every time Donald Trump has spoken about Ukraine and corruption, which he could say, and it would be acceptable vis-a-vis -vis, uh, uh, giving up the money or letting the money uh, go to Ukraine, but every time he's talked gratuitously, voluntarily, in the conversation or in writing or in subsequent press conferences, it has always been about the Bidens, his potential political enemy or adversary. That is the quid pro quo. That is wrong, and that's illegal, and that's why he ought to be impeached. What's laughable to me, Mustafa, is to watch Republicans today all of a sudden, again, John Bolton is a traitor, a turncoat. We shouldn't hear from him. Yep. Okay, I'm, and now, now the White House is even threatening him. You can't release the book. Okay, you can't just say he can't release the book. Right. I mean, he submitted the book to go through the National Security Council process to vet to ensure that there were not any uh, secrets. Donald Trump, in his mind, says, oh, because you actually had conversations with me and you know how I feel about foreign leaders, you can't talk. Uh, right. No, there are no laws that say that. Right, exactly. You know, the, the, this is not the top security issue that they're talking about. And it's just foolishness. I mean, what they're trying to do is just to confuse folks, to muddy the water uh, so that they can then get to the vote and be able to move forward. And, you know, I've, I've had uh, some respect for the counsel before who came before the Senate, Dershowitz, um, but, you know, I don't know if he was having a low blood sugar moment or what is going on <laughs> with him because the mess that they've been sharing is ridiculous. And, you know, it's ridiculous also when folks come on TV, uh, when they come on shows, and they, they try and, you know, sort of twist the facts. The president... Not sort of. Yeah, the president made a choice. They, they twist them. He made a choice to pick up the phone, and to, you know, make the call and for him to have it, as was said, to be about Biden. And here's the thing. If he was serious about helping Ukraine to better protect themselves from Russia, then they would have expedited the funds there. And, you know, they decided not to do that. So for folks to say this is about a national security issue or a security issue, mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. It's not adding up. One plus one is not becoming two for them. So, Deontay, why are they so scared of Bolton? Why not have him testify? I mean, he literally has his written in a book, and he obviously was in a position to know yep. that Donald Trump absolutely uh, tried to coerce Ukraine and with, withheld congressionally approved funds in order and saying, I will release it as long as you announce an investigation of the Bidens. Someone that was fired, resigned, or what have you, why would, if, if one of your staff, you fired one of your staff, okay? and you were getting ready to testify about something that happened with your organization, and it was a bad fire or disagreement or what have you, what, do you think they're going to... How do you, what do you think is going to happen during that hearing? I'm sorry, what do you mean? What do you, what's going to happen during that hearing? So are you saying that he's lying? He could lie. He could... No, but, but, yeah, but so what, you, are you, what you're saying is that John Bolton, if called to testify, is going to be sworn... Sworn testimony. This is all no, 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 no. Actually, yes. no. It's not hypothetical. If John it's, Bolton, well, he hasn't done if it John yet, Bolton so is called, he will be sworn yeah. under the threat of perjury. So what you're saying is that John Bolton is going to risk lying before Congress, and risk his law degree, and risk all of that to lie because he got fired. Have you never seen anyone lie before Congress? 
I don't know. And yeah, and I've seen him. And Roger Stone got convicted. <laughs> right. He lied. He lied. He lied on behalf of, of of your guy Trump. And then he got convicted in the federal court in Florida. Oliver North, Republican, lied in front of Congress. Got convicted. Later got overturned. I mean, I, I can show you. John Bolton. I can show you. Also, is capable. No, 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 of, no, 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 no. But 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 you're somehow suggesting that because he got fired, that means he's gonna lie. I mean. It's 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 the, it's the same process. So very you simple. Should fired, he testify? You get fired. Should he testify? Well, but, get, but here's the deal, you, though. You, okay, but you here's, get okay. fired. You write a book to sell, make some money, and then you lie. No, no. Actually, everybody who got fired by Trump hasn't written a book. Right. I mean, let's just be honest. Trump has fired a whole bunch of people. Correct. And he's hired he's hired a bunch of people who later call incompetent. But maybe the person that's incompetent is the person who hired him. But again, no. That's what you're dealing with here. And so the question still is. Bolton has said this here. Do you not want to hear him? I, don't, I, I, I honestly don't want to see the hearings at all. Why? Because it's 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 Why? it's a complete presidential harassment. That's the first. How's thing. How's harassment? Presidential harassment. How? Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, what about him? Maxine Waters, and the list goes on. When the president was sworn into office, they said that we were going to impeach this president. Actually, all people you named didn't say that. Right. Now, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Congressman Al Green did. Not everybody. Now, Schumer didn't say that, or Pelosi didn't say no. it. So don't put words in their mouth. It didn't happen. But I'm asking you again: What Trump did is what should he should, should he have used the power of the presidency to withhold aid to Ukraine? Is that right or wrong? That's wrong. That's wrong. Okay. Is it impeachable? No. Why not? So, so what is it then? So, so what you're saying is Congress, which has the authority to regulate these things, they, they should, they should, not, they should it blow it off? It may not be ethically right, but it's not impeachable. No, I'm sorry, it's not ethically right? So, so it's not ethically right. It's, it's, it's not ethically right to take a president down a witch hunt. It's not ethically right to... Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's a witch hunt? It's a, witch hunt? it's a witch hunt to continue. No, no, what's, to what's continue. a witch hunt? Continue. This is all political game. It's well, political well, first, game. Here's, here's the question. Hold on, no, Did he do this? Did he do it? He should not have done the call. No, 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 no. Did he do it? He should not have done the call. No, no, no. No, first of all, he shouldn't have done the call or he should not have asked on the call for them to investigate political rival. There's nothing wrong with making a call. Presidents talk but, to other presidents. But on the call, the call, he should not have done the call, but on the call, he did not break a law. He did not... I'm sorry. He, he did, he the Constitution... Not, let me be real clear. The he Constitution... Did, he didn't say... I'm sorry. Let's be real clear. Deontay, Deontay... Deontay, say for me. Deontay, the Constitution does not require for a law to be broken in order for a president to be impeached. Now, your boy Dershowitz said that 20 years ago. Now he's changed his opinion. Right. So y'all can make up your mind which one is it now. <laughs> but, but the question still again is, did Donald Trump ask the president of Ukraine to investigate the Bidens, and did he, in turn, tell his people, we're going to withhold the aid from them until they do? Yes or no? Yes. Is that wrong? No. It's not wrong? No. It's not wrong? So so what? It, it, so what is it? Just, we should do it? We should let him do whatever he wants to do? The purpose of him doing it was not personal gain. How as, so? As everyone if says, it wasn't oh, personal gain, gain, if you're asking them to investigate your political rival, well, then whose gain is it for? It's it's for the country. How? <laughs> it's for the country. No, 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 no,
Yes, and if President Obama had called for the investigation of Mitt Romney or his children and where it would benefit him, that would be wrong and would, impe would be impeachable. Your question has been answered. But, Scott, they, but it, they wouldn't do you know, it. The, uh, one of the things, this whole executive privilege piece, we got to remember, you can't use it as a sword or, and a shield, so you can't use it to prevent illegal conduct or to protect yourself. And the Supreme Court actually said that exactly. in the case of Nixon, which was cited today, that a president, can, if, if that person is in, involved in wrongdoing, cannot use executive privilege so, to cover up wrongdoing. So, last point I'm going to make is this. Where's the crime? You don't need it to be a crime, but if you read the abuse of power article of impeachment, it lays out a crime. It just doesn't call it bribery, but it lays out bad and criminal conduct. And so this whole argument about it doesn't, that's not a crime and it's not impeachable, it is a crime. They just called it abuse of power. And so we have to be really careful to sort through these arguments, these specious arguments the GOP is making, because every time they make one, there is either case law or something that corroborates the falsity of what their arguments are. You can't really get around it. And so, um, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see the Senate is on trial, their morality is on trial, mm -hmm. their righteousness in the Constitution is on trial. If they don't call witnesses with a straight face, I'll be honest with you, that strengthens the possibility or the probability of a Democratic president winning. I believe that well, because you got to walk away from the independents and the moderate Republicans, and you're not <laughs> going to get the Democrats. Mustafa, I'm just trying to understand how you can do wrong, but then say, oh, you should be held accountable, when okay. the only provision that is provided in the U.S. Constitution, you know that document the Republicans say they love, <laughs> the party of law and order, yep. the only provision to hold a president accountable for his action is impeachment. Yep. Right. It's brought in the Constitution. Yep. The framers put it in there for that very reason. Mm -hmm. This is privilege. This, this is privilege playing out. When someone tells you that this man doesn't have, you know, that he can do whatever he wants, and, and it's very disheartening for folks not to live up to their responsibilities in the Senate. Thank goodness that the House did. And here's the other thing. Bolden, Bolton used to be the poster child for conservatism. So for folks to say that they don't trust him now is really interesting. Real interesting. And well, that's the reason we need to let him testify. Well, first of all, there's going to be a vote on Friday as to whether or not to allow witnesses. Yep. And then Republicans want to end this as quickly as possible. The State of the Union address is next Tuesday. The question is, do they have the votes? As of last night, uh, Mitch McConnell said he did not have the votes necessary to stop witnesses. So we'll see what takes place over the next 48 hours. All right, folks, the Trump administration is attempting to reverse Obama-era rules that fight racial discrimination in housing and the segregation of American neighborhoods for a half-century known as the Fair Housing Act. The Department of Housing and Urban Development is completing a regulation scaling back a rule that combats racial discrimination even when it's unintended, such as banking lenders' use of algorithms that disproportionately reject applicants of color. Other proposed changes include eliminating a rule withholding federal funding from cities and municipalities that fail to confront segregation. Deontay, I'm trying to understand this here. Here's a rule that is meant to ensure you do not have discrimination in housing. One of the first things Republicans did when Donald Trump became president was they also overturned an Obama-era rule that was about ending discrimination against black folks when it came to buying cars. 
Why are Republicans so concerned about repealing or rolling back efforts that are meant to end discrimination against black people? Well, for, for starters, this is all about hypotheticals. I read the article, and the article was on what the banks would do. It didn't say what the banks have done. It's what the banks would do, or we're okay, estimating the, on what the banks would actually, do. Actually, the point of the law was... The point of the regulations were put in place because of what banks did. But we're talking about what they would do. Not what, no, no, they, no, not what no, they've done. No, no, no. It was but, put... No, no, it was what put, they would do no, under no, no, this say, law, under this law. It was put in place because of what banks did. This is removing it, which means banks could go back to doing what they were doing before. But the purpose of the rollback was because of some discrepancies within where they, where they talked about the size, where they talked about population. There were some things that was not taken into account in the Obama administration that that's why they rolled it back. No. Yes. No. They're rolling it back because... Republicans don't <laughs> like regulation. It's called deregulation. That's the same reason but... why they voted to roll back the rules that targeted discrimination against black folks in buying cars. I'm just trying to understand if Donald Trump so-called loves black people and black people are doing so well under Donald Trump, why are you rolling back laws intended to end discrimination against black people? As are I, black Republicans... Are you defending that? Do you support this effort? I think it's a, it's like I said, as I said before, it's an article that's taken out of content. No, I'm asking it's an, you. It's an article that. Oh, hold that, up, well, it, but it's okay. an article you that is taken out, take out of content. You mean content? Content. Yes, yes, okay, right. so what so I'm put it in is, context then. Is I, that there was there was discrepancies within the Obama rule? Okay, they did not take into account into consideration of population size. Um, which causes problems for places like New York, pro causes problems for places like Chicago and all of our bigger cities. He about to pull something up on you, by the way. You can go, 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 go ahead, Scott. Go, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Scott. You know, what I've never you look at the article, it's hypothetical. I want to talk about the National Community Reinvestment Act, mm -hmm. which is uh, the banking regulation that's been in place that requires developers, investors, businesses, and rather, I'm sorry, banks, rather, who bank to them, banks to reinvest in challenged communities and uh, uh, communities of color, and that's going to be rolled back, or there's a proposal to roll that back. What I've never understood about Republicans is that this reinvestment act not only generates revenues for banks, but also generates community and economic empowerment to, to generate revenues yep. and jobs and job training and business growth in our most challenged communities, which strengthens the American economy, strengthens everyone who's a part of that investment deal, and strengthens the banks in our communities of color. And, and Republicans are against that, which means that it's got... It, 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 you can't... It, it, there are other issues vis-a-vis -vis whether it's race-based or not. Right. But if it helps... If, they, if it's a rising tide and helps everyone in the American economy, then you're left with, well, I just don't want people of color to do well. I, I'm trying I to only this want here. people that look like mm -hmm. them to do well. Deontay, I want you to answer this. Mustafa, I want you to come in here. This is from Politico two days ago. Sure. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has proposed cutting back on collecting data that helps track discrimination in the mortgage market. Mm -hmm. You support that? No. I don't discourage discrimination at all. Hold on, but, that, but that's... However... Hold on, that's a part of these rollbacks, though. I don't discourage discrimination at all. However... No, but this is a part of the rollbacks. However... The article, that you, the article that was provided 
So that's talks the about a hypothetical. So hold up, hypothetical. That's, so, oh, so that's, that's, the, on, that's the only article you read? No, I read other articles. Okay, but well, it talks I, I, about, I mean, right it here. Talks about how can hypothetical. You redlining uh, if you don't have I, the data. I mean, right? How? how? Mustafa. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, you deal with this again. Yep. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, yep. which Donald Trump has gutted yep. since he was president, has proposed cutting back on collecting data that it helps track discrimination in the mortgage market. That's according to this political story from a couple from a January 25th. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, th this is really simple, and, and I don't know why uh, Republican brothers and sisters don't get it. Maybe they do get it, and the reason they're moving forward. This is an attempt to limit power inside of communities. If you are able to garner real estate and build wealth, then you can strengthen your communities. If your communities are strengthened, then they no longer have to deal with all of these other types of things that are going on. They can focus on voting. They can focus and have free time to be able to attend meetings, all these various things that actually help to hold people accountable. And here's the other thing. Since you wanted to raise President Obama's name, so since President Trump has come into office, last year there were 4 million discrimination, housing discrimination cases. And every year since he's come in, it's increased by 8%. So let's talk about that for a second. If folks are actually trying to do the right thing and help protect folks. So also, you, you can go ahead and Google that. Also, answer this, Deontay. This is from the same political story. The act, this is the Fair Housing Act. The act outlawed discrimination in housing. It also required communities to work to end segregation. But a government audit in 2010 found that HUD's enforcement of the law was largely ineffective. Obama addressed that in 2015 by requiring local governments to track patterns of poverty and segregation with a checklist of 92 questions to gain access to federal housing funds. That's what Trump wants to roll back. There's him and being cautious, like, nah, you don't need to fill the form out. So, to Scott's point, how do you know there's discrimination if you aren't tracking right. to find that out? So, in, set, in essence, forget all the data, no need for any of that, it's just gonna happen. How do you do that if you don't have the data? We should have the data. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, just, I'm not I am not saying that there should not be data. Okay, Deontay, I'm confused. I'm not I'm saying there should be data. What You're I'm saying, saying it shouldn't be, but the, the rollback is to stop collecting the data. What I'm saying is, we're talking when we talk in percentages of the bank. When we're talking about the bank, the banks. Well, we're, that's all hypothetical. That's all I said was that it's a hypothetical of what the banks could do. No, it's not. It we is. literally have a hundred years of history. Did, of, you, did you have a problem uh, buying your house? Hell yes, oh, I did. Hold on, hold on. Okay. See, see, see? Here's the deal. Deontay, here's what you about? do. <laughs> Never ask a question. <laughs> the ass don't know the answer. <laughs> when, I, when my wife and I bought our house, my first wife bought our house okay. in Mansfield, Texas, uh -huh. okay? Now, both of us, at the time, we're making in excess of $400,000. Okay. The bank saw our income and asked us, they want to see deposit slips. Okay. That shit ain't in the law. <laughs> There's nowhere it says that I have to supply you. They want to see actual deposit slips. We like, we ain't giving your ass no damn deposit slips. Mm -hmm. But even with the current law that stop, Obama stop, has... Stop, 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 stop. You steal law, it, you steal... No, no, but even with the current law, they can still do that same thing. Okay, you... They can still discriminate. No, no, still discriminate. This is what you still missed. The point of the data yep. is to actually uncover those things. What the Obama folks did here was they said to cities, you have to submit actual plans to lay out how you're going to end... Segregation in housing. Ben Carson says, oh, 
this is too cumbersome. It's too much red tape. Tell that to the black folks who are discriminated against. Tell it to the black people who lost 53% of all black wealth due to the subprime loan crisis. If we did not have data, we wouldn't know those things. You don't, you're unable, you're unable to prove discrimination if there's no data to actually show it. So, for them wanting to sit here and roll it back, that's exactly what it is. And here's what's interesting. White homeownership, 73% today. Black folks at its lowest level since 1968. So why in the hell would the administration who you support would be wanting to roll back what's already at its lowest point since 1968? Red tape does not dis- well, does not stop discrimin- discrimination. It's not going to stop discrimination. It we damn got- sure can limit it if I can it prove it. Gonna, it ain't going to stop it. Well, hell, first of all, yes, you just first said, of all, you America just said, is still a white country. You just so said, we know they ain't going to stop discrimination. But, 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 correct. So as you just said, when you bought your house in Texas, they asked you for stuff that wasn't even legal for them to ask. They and, get, and, get, and, guess, and guess what? So, and guess what? If I was one of those folks who didn't know the law, mm-hmm. I could have gotten screwed by the very bank, could have been denied my loan as a result, but when I let they ass know, they realized... I'm one of them Negroes they were afraid of and let, allow us to read. So the best thing... So the best thing... So just because I was able to get my loan right. does not mean, Mustafa, right. other black folks have not been able to get their loans. To your point, yep. when you were able to show the level of housing discrimination yep. that we've seen in this country. So Go the, ahead. So the best thing that you could do is... Educate more people. So no, they no. Have the best thing I can do. No, you got, you no, Deontay. Educate, educate the best thing that I on. can do is to educate people, have lawyers on, and fight the Trump administration right. from rolling back these sort of uh, procedures, which actually help folks. And what you are doing, you are cannot, making excuses you, you cannot for Trump. Tell me, you cannot tell me during the Obama administration that these problems did not happen. Dude, let me read again. But you cannot Hold up, t- no, stop, no, no, stop. No, no, no. Let, let me read, read slower. You can read, let me you read, can read slower. slower. But you cannot tell me let that me those read problems slower. did not happen let under me the Obama administration. You cannot tell me that people were not discriminated Deontay, when they went I'm to the bank for the loan. I'm going to take my time to read this. Read it, read it. The Fair Housing Act outlawed discrimination in... Let me go to a paragraph earlier. Obama tried to add teeth to the Fair Housing Law which passed in 1968 within a week of the murder of Martin Luther King Jr. as deadly riots swept through largely black neighborhoods in the cities across the country. The act outlawed discrimination in housing. It also required communities to work to end segregation. But a government audit in 2010, Obama been president <laughs> since January 2019, let's mm-hmm. 2008, found that HUD's enforcement of the law was largely ineffective, meaning that from 1968 to 2010, HUD's enforcement of the Fair Housing Act was ineffective. Quote, Obama addressed that in 2015 by requiring local governments to track patterns of poverty and segregation with a checklist of 92 questions to gain access to federal housing funds. Now, allow me to translate. What that means is, Obama said, wow, here we have an analysis that's saying the laws have been ineffective. So therefore, 
we're going to put something in place to strengthen the Fair Housing Act of 1968. To, it's in 2015. Here we are in 2020, and for the last two and a half years, Donald Trump and Ben Carson have been trying to roll that back because, as Carson said, quote, Carson called Obama's system too burdensome and said last year that it was actually suffocating investment in some of our most distressed neighborhoods. This month, he moved towards scrapping the tracking system with a proposal that doesn't include the term segregation. Now, please explain to me, how will you be able to ascertain if there's segregation in housing if you strike the word segregation and you get rid of the tracking system to actually track segregation. <clears throat> Please, take your time. What I said, and I'm going to repeat myself, is regardless of whatever red tape, whatever regulation is there, it's still not going to stop segregation. I mean, not segregation. It's still not going to stop discrimination. So, I'm sorry. So, let me ask you a question. So, ask question. So, so <clears throat> do you want to... So, your argument is that because discrimination will never be stopped... We can't lower it? No, but you... We can't lessen it? But what you're saying We is, can't bring it down? But we can... We, we need to fight, fight to make sure that it's stopped in much way we can. But what I'm saying is, you saying, and this article is saying, is that because the Trump administration removed the red tape or because the Trump administration removed the regulations, that it's going to cause an uproar and the banks are going to start discriminating against black people again. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Mustafa. They did Scott, before. do we not have <clears throat> history? Documentation. <laughs> when you know, since do we not have? First of all, Deontay, Dana. Deontay, since you l- let me just open a straight up can of whoop ass on your argument. Don't have, don't have. When the Shelby B. Holder decision came down for the Supreme Court and they gutted Section Four of the Voting Rights Act, Scott, what did Republican legislatures do all across the country? What did uh, they do? Start start suppressing the vote. Suppressing the vote. Polling, Voter ID. Gerrymandering, closing polling locations. If you have the wrong information, Shelby Beholder, 1,200 voting locations across the South have been shut down. Mm -hmm. Why? Because after Shelby Beholder was gutted, you didn't have preclearance of the Department of Justice cleared any election changes. So what does that tell you, Deontay? There's history. So when Republicans, when the law was eliminated, Republicans quickly moved to disenfranchise black people. There's your history. Lesson for today. Scott, final comment. Well, I, <laughs> I think you said it all, quite frankly. But what difference does it make whether it happens under Obama or under Trump? It's wrong. Let me give you a, a better argument for you as a Republican. I don't mean to be offensive. I'm a business Democrat. You don't like the 95 questions you got to go through? That's red tape and stuff. Why don't the Republicans not end it but why don't they amend it? Why don't they argue that we don't need 95 questions, let's ask 40 questions or even 30 questions because we recognize discrimination exists, but let's narrow it so we can be more efficient with the data and take some of the burdensome off businesses, black, white, yellow, brown, Democrat, or GOP. That's a much better argument and you wouldn't have the whoop-ass he's opening up if you said, let's, let's amend it to reduce the red tape. When you take the red tape away, though, and you say the regulations are out of, uh, out of sync or uh, unnecessary, you then know that the reason the law was in place was because of what uh, banks and regulators did before the regulations were in place. 
So it's logical that if you take the regulations away, then that bad behavior, that discriminatory behavior, is on most likely going to return. Why take the risk? Why not keep the regulations in place and strengthen them? Unless you just don't believe, you're not you, but the GOP just simply doesn't believe that racism exists anymore. That when Trump looks at me, he sees a person, he doesn't see the color of my skin. I know you don't believe that, but my point is the Republicans could do a lot with African-American voters if they would speak to our issues. They speak against our issues. And so that's why you'll always be in the position you're in and in a minority position within the GOP. And whenever I hear GOP, uh, black GOP, black Republicans talk about the Democrats using uh, black people, I think, well, what is the GOP doing with GOP members like you? And in They're fact, and in fact, and in you? fact Scott... They're using you worse. And in fact, Scott, this is not just in HUD, Mustafa, mm -hmm. they also want to roll back the rules governing the community reinvestment. I just said that. I mean, and so again, so... Which strengthens the economy. Right. I mean, so, I'm, I'm trying to understand... To your point, to your point, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree that we can lessen... We can lessen. I agree he, about it. He gonna I, run with that no, argument, no, no, but I no, gave no, it to no, him, no, dog. No, no, but I agree. I, no, I agree. I feel sorry for him, Roland. No, 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 no. It's, but it's not even that, because I'm still, I still think there's too, too much regulation. Okay. I do, too. I, I mean, listen, I got it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, right there, yeah. right there. See, Mustafa, you know what, 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 what I, I discussed this yesterday. There's nothing worse than the bullshit argument. Mm -hmm. I think there's too much regulation. First of all, that's a bumper sticker slogan. <laughs> you know what? I said it yesterday. We saw uh, a press conference of the National Transportation, National Transportation Safety Board where the NTSB said they made a recommendation mm -hmm. uh, when it came to putting, requiring helicopters to have uh, a system that's able for them to, to, uh, to uh, ascertain uh, topography when they're flying. Right. FAA said no need for it. Mm -hmm. So what did they say? If that device had been on the helicopter of Kobe Bryant, they would have been able to detect when they were getting near a mountain. Right. Yep. All right? So what Republicans always yell is, we don't like regulation until something happens, yep. until a bridge collapses, right. <clears throat> until something blows up, until somebody gets killed. And what's the first thing Americans say? Where were the regulators? Right. Where were the regulators? And so Donald Trump is slashing regulations all across the board. And you're in an environment, mm -hmm. you're seeing it, mm -hmm. how fossil fuel companies, they, are, they don't give a damn about water, lakes, the air, you name it. They say roll back everything, big business, do whatever you want. But then all of a sudden, when something happens, well, why didn't we have any regulation? Because right. the people who yell, we have too much regulation, cut regulations. Exactly. We need regulations. That's where you have accountability. That's where you have enforcement. And here's the thing, too. So I've been working on policy for a long time, and I helped, uh, used to lead 17 federal agencies, so I can talk pretty well about at least 10 to 15 of them. And if you go through and look at many of the agencies, the Environmental Protection Agency, HUD, Department of Labor, Commerce, a number of these other places, and you look at how they've been manipulating the science and also the capturing of data, the reason they do that so they can manipulate the policy. Mm -hmm. And I have not yet seen a policy choice that has been made that has actually helped our communities to be in a stronger position. And what I've done is when I'm out speaking around the country, I ask people to raise their hand 
If you are in a better place that your life is more protected, your health has been protected, and nobody has raised their hand. And I've been in places like Kentucky and West Virginia and Montana and Maine, so not just in more liberal uh, locations. And that's what's going on. And I just want to say one last thing, because we have not called his name out enough. So the person who is running HUD right now, <clears throat> Secretary Carson, needs to be called out for allowing these types of things. You have to have a spine, especially when you come from our communities and you're put in a position where you can actually do things to help to benefit that community, to make a difference. And when you're not doing it, what does that say? When I was a young boy, I used to be mesmerized by the things that he was able to do as a surgeon. So maybe he's not the right person. Well, we know. No, let me just call it out like yeah, it maybe. is. He is not the right person to be at HUD. Now, if you want to put somebody there that you can manipulate and who will allow these types of regulations <laughs> to be rolled back or to be put in place things that are not beneficial for our communities, then that's what you get. And he has to, he's going to have to at one time take a look back. He had the opportunity to help folks and was manipulated. Final I, comment. You got one? I want to say, so there's a difference between common sense regulations and just regular BS regulations. What's a regular BS regulation? Right. Well, what is that? I mean, I believe in less regulations. No, 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 no. That, that's a statement. No, no right. I, I need an example. What is that? When we look into when it comes to business owners, the, the amount of pro, the amount that it, even let's talk, let's talk about black business. No, 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 no. Stop. No, no, black, no, 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 no. Ah, 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 ah. We're talking about this. Right. We're talking about housing. But no. We're talking about this. No. But what well, I'm okay. saying... What, what but I'm they're talking, rolling I, back. I was saying... What's BS? I, what I was saying was regulation in general. No, what... Regulation we in talked about... Hold up. No, 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 no. We ain't having no general regulation conversation. He mentioned... He mentioned about Republicans and regulation, so I was responding about regulation. So what's BS? Name one BS regulation. No, no, no. What's BS? Um, uh, let's go into, so, like I said, black business. The process that we, well, just businesses in general. No, hold on. What, what you say no, black business, business in general. not business in general. Because no, no, black but, businesses no, but, are no, part of business. Give me the regulation as BS. Get, give me the regulation. So, as a 501c4 um, so a found, uh, president, a person ha who has a 501c4. That's not a business. That's but a non-profit. Non no, 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 no. Even, you even, said, even, no, even, you even, said even, even a business. Even a non-profit is the amount of things that we have to go to. No, go no, through. hold on, Deontay, here's it's the deal. A, it's, it's if you're going to bring process. something up, stay on track. You said BS regulations, black business, you said business in general, now you went to a non-profit. No, <laughs> give me, in, I no, said Deontay, in give me a specific regulation that's BS. Specific, not general, specific. You got to have one. That's why I went to nonprofits. I'm speaking of what, what, what no, I... No, hold up. You can't say... I'm speaking about... No, hell no. You can't say that you got BS regulations for black businesses. Then you move to business in general. So Then this, you move so this to nonprofits. So, 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 okay, so, so, fine. So this, this, in this, in this, your nonprofit, no, give this, me this, this the regulation that's so I'm gonna BS. Let you, I'm going to let you continue to talk some no, comments because I can't give me, say anything. No, because you can't name a regulation. Well, I can't say anything because you can't close your mouth. Deontay, you can't Ooh. name a regulation. You okay, can't close Hold your up. mouth. Yo, 501c4. Can you get, close your mouth? Give me one of can those. You close your mouth? Give me one of those. I wait. Let him talk. As, as I said. No, no. Give me one in 501c4. So, for instance, so now, and this is a, this is probably political. So, if we as a 501c4 have to decide that we want to support a candidate, okay, now, 
It used to be where you can just support a candidate, you can, uh, you know, put money into whatever candidate you want to or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't change it to where you now have to, if you support a candidate, we don't, as a 501c4, there's not much that we have to do, but now, when it comes to reporting, now we have to now report with the FEC now just to deal with the candidate. Okay, stop right there. Now, you said before, what was the previous nonprofit status? C4. No, it was C3. In the previous nonprofit status, 501c3, you were not allowed to actually no, support. No. Now, uh, uh, now, hold up. See, now I'm about to teach you. Because, see, you just walk into another damn trap. Keep you on. made a big ass mistake. There used to be a 501c3. And a 501c3 could not endorse they a still political candidate. They still can't. Allow me to finish. A 501c3 cannot endorse a political candidate. Correct. They can support issues. But why are we talking I, about 501c3 and I'm talking about 501c4? No, 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 because I'm about to educate you. The IRS allowed the creation of, of a 501c4 for individuals, organizations, to be able to be involved in politics. So, for instance, the NAACP, when George W. Bush ran for president in 2000... NAACP they, is still a three. Uh, see? Right there. See, if you shut up and learn something, you gonna, you might... It, just pay attention. The NAACP had a 501c3 and a 501c4. The NRA has a 501c3 and a 501c4. The National Rifle Association Foundation is their 501c3. The National Rifle Association is the 501c4. The NAACP in 2000, when George W. Bush was president, NAACP is a 501c3. But they created a 501c4, which allowed for them to run the commercial of dealing with James Byrd being dragged down and targeting George W. Bush. So guess what? Organization can have a 501c3 and a 501c4. The C4 provision says, yes, you can support candidates, but we require you to file paperwork because the commercials that you run are aiding a candidate, so we've got to ensure that they are, are abiding by the law of the Federal Election Commission. Now, what you complain about is why do we got to file the paperwork? Because you can't be involved in supporting a candidate if you are unwilling to file your paperwork. Now, you bitching about some paperwork when all you got to do is fill a damn form out. So, if you don't want to fill a form out, because stay a 501c3, but now you can't support the candidate. So, stop whining about some paperwork because <clears> that's <throat> required to ensure you don't have folks buying elections. That's why there are rules. You have to source the funds. That's it. Simple as that. Just saying. But next time, dog. If you want to complain about BS regulation, have one ready. Don't ever get caught on te television again. It don't look good. Got to go to a break. And now come I back. know why Roland we'll talk get media hits. No, actually, I don't get media oh. hits. Uh, guess what? Because I, you don't know how to talk to me. I, I don't? No. Uh, guess what? You are the most disrespectful person on TV. Let me ask you this question. Who was on ABC this week with Stephanopoulos on I Sunday? I saw that. No, no. And so, you, you didn't act like that, though. Ho, you guess, didn't act like hold that. Hold up, hold up. Hold up. Like guess that. what? Oh, would you like uh, I sure question uh, Alice Stewart when she raised the point. Because guess what? Who's sitting in this host chair? And here's the deal. And Deontay, this is real simple. Deontay, Deontay, this is real simple. Deontay, this is real simple. It's real simple. You embarrass yourself. Deontay, you embarrass yourself when you come on and you do not have facts to back up your argument. It has nothing to do with embarrassment. It's just common sense. Deontay, you ask Deontay. I know your mama taught you. Actually, let me help you, Deontay. My mama and my daddy. See, I had a daddy in my life. So, mama and daddy. In fact, daddy watching too. But you don't bring folks on your show. 
don't cuss at them, you don't talk to them crazy. And that's just common sense. Then I tell you, you know but, what common sense is? If you gonna bring up BS regulations and then you can't name one. Listen, listen. No, hell no. As, that's as that's said, all I'm saying. I'm, Deontay, you look, you look foolish Somebody when you bring stuff up and you can't even back up your own argument. But someone should have talked to respect. if I replay the last hour and five minutes, this is what I'm going to replay. You going, uh... Uh, you won't let nobody talk. No, because you, you can't. You, you, can, you ain't got facts. You cannot. No, listen, bro. You ain't got facts. Day, I gotta go to a break day, right now. On. We come back. We gonna talk to Dr. Ben Amalu, uh, who the Washington Post in an article where his fellow scientist said that he is pretty much a fraud. Did not found CTE. Huh? He responds next to Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Join Dr. Jackie Hood Martin as she engages others to think like a leader. Are you looking to enhance your leadership or that of your team in 2020? You can join her newest online course, The Mastermind Group, How Successful People Think. She will be your guide as you learn timeless leadership principles to apply to daily living. The offer expires February 28th, so register at www.livetolead.com forward slash Leesburg. That's livetolead.com forward slash Leesburg. Since 2005, when Dr. Bennett Amalu first reported finding widespread brain damage in a former NFL player, concerns about CTE have inspired a global revolution in concussion safety and warned of a crisis for America's most popular sport. Amalu's discovery, which was initially ignored and then attacked by NFL allied doctors, inspired scientific research that forced the league to acknowledge a link between football and brain disease. But according to a recent story published in the Washington Post, there is consensus among a lot of folks in the brain science community that Amalu routinely exaggerates his accomplishments and dramatically overstates the known risk of CTE in contact sports. They also believe that Amalu did not discover or name the disease. Joining me right now to defend, uh, to respond to the Washington Post article in this exclusive interview, uh, the first time he's commented since it was published is forensic pathologist and neuropathologist Dr. Bennett Amalu. Doc, welcome back to Roller Martin Unfiltered. Hi, Roland. How are you? Thank uh, you for having me. So, the Washington Post dropped this story, and the first thing uh, they say is that you have uh, overstated the fact that you discovered CTE. They also said, according to these various scientists, that you didn't even name it, and that name has existed for decades. How do you respond? Okay, how I responded 18 years ago, these were the same claims the NFL made. But the NFL did not go to in the pages of a newspaper. We went to the scientific domain. They published a scientific paper, and I responded. And that crushed it. And suddenly, 
they are coming back in a very dubious way to go to the pages of a newspaper and make claims that are very reckless and very dangerous. The moment you begin to attack scientists like myself on the public domain, that is not good for science. Uh, you come up with a hypothesis, like I did in 2002 after the Mike Webster um, case. Before Mike Webster, we knew of dementia pugilistica. And so the NFL attacked me and said the Mike Webster case was not dementia pugilistica. I said, yes, it's not dementia pugilistica. Then what is it? That we may be getting it wrong. We've always believed this only affected boxers. That it did not affect only boxers. That it affects everybody who has suffered from traumatic brain injury. And instead of calling this disease dementia pugilistica, we had to give it a new name. The big question was, what name do we give it? I couldn't call it dementia footballistica or Mike Webster's disease or football dementia. I had to give it a name with a name that is already in the literature. Because if I don't give it a name that is already in the literature, it wouldn't pass the Dobbert principle of law. It will be dismissed in the court of law as a novel idea. Instead to say, oh, because I wasn't the first to use the name that I didn't discover a disease. Uh, there's a word I want to use, but I don't want to use it here. It's irresponsible. It's reckless. Why do you think they did not make these claims on the pages of a science journal or a science paper? Because no, no journal will publish that. That is very silly and stupid. So my, 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 my comment is we need to ignore such reckless claims. And I think the colleges of physicians across the world should speak out and condemn such cowardly acts. So, Doc, I got to ask you this question. I, I got to ask you this question. So the, this is what yeah. the Washington Post says. Omalo did not discover CTE, nor did he name the disease. The alarming statistics he recites about contact sports are distorted according to the author of the studies that produced those figures. And while Amalu cultivates a reputation as the global authority on CTE, it's unclear whether he is diagnosing it correctly according to several ex experts on the disease. Okay. I was the first to publish a paper on CTE in football players, on CTE in wrestlers, CTE in mixed martial artists, CTE in the military. So when I was publishing these papers, there were no criteria for the diagnosis of CTE until 15 years, 14 years later, after I had published all my papers. And in 2009, I came up with the types of CTE I was seeing. So what the Washington Post is saying, that Amalu did not use the criteria for the NIH that were not existent when I was doing my work. Does that make sense to you? Right, because right in, this, in, in, in this article, they're saying that, uh, that what you publish does not depict or describe the disease as the medical science community defines it. So, so what they're saying is that you initially defined it differently than how they're defining it. So what they're saying is because they have set the standard definition that yours is irrelevant. Is that how you... That is, that, that is nonsensical. Let me give you a good analogy. Dr. Alzheimer's defined and discovered Alzheimer's disease. 
over 100 years ago. The criteria Dr. Alzheimer's used then are totally different from the criteria we use today. But nobody has said that Dr. Alzheimer's did not discover CTE or did not discover Alzheimer's disease because he did not use the criteria we are using today. But when it comes to somebody like me, it's totally different. So don't listen to such, and I said in my response, we don't practice science on the pages of a newspaper. If any scientist has a problem with the hypothesis I proposed in 2002, let him write a scientific paper and I would respond. What I did in 2002 was I did, I did a very disruptive work, epoch-making work that totally changed the way we look at traumatic brain injury. And then I invited other doctors to test my hypothesis. This is what I believe. And since 2002, there has not been a single paper that has disputed my work and my hypothesis and propositions. Thousands of papers have been published confirming that Omalu is right. So let me tell you what happened. The NFL and their so-called doctors, if you notice, they don't mention the doctor's name. We fought this battle 14 years, 18 years ago. I prevailed. The truth prevailed. We all prevailed because this is for the good of humanity. And now, because they lost the first battle, they are now coming to play dirty, to go to the pages of a newspaper where I cannot respond. If you want to respond, they tell you, oh, we don't think we can publish it now. So the narrative, maybe they believed, because it's 20 years now that people may have forgotten what happened. So they are coming now with alternative truths. These are very complex and complicated scientific principles. And in science, they are the innovators, people who think outside the box, people who are disruptive in the way they think. And there are people who are there to recycle work that has been created. What happens is when you are innovative, people are more likely to attack you and challenge you because you are disrupting the way they are comfortable with. Doc, I want to read this paragraph here. Uh, Stephen Dukoski, a neurologist and deputy director of the McKnight Brain Institute at the University of Florida, was one of Amalu's early collaborators. In a phone interview, Dukoski said he and Amalu knew in 2005 they had not discovered a new disease. Dukoski knew the disease as dementia pugilistica. However, and agreed with Amalu, that they should rename it because Webster hadn't been a boxer. Omalu suggested CTE. Dukoski believed then that Omalu had come up with the name, he said, until he later learned researchers had been using the term for years. Quote, I was a bit embarrassed, Dukoski said. He said he has no idea why Omalu continues to claim he discovered and named the disease. How would you respond to what Stephen oh, okay. Dukoski said. If, if you look at the Mike Webster paper, I was the primary author. Dukoski was a co-author. I wrote the paper. So Dukoski, who was a much senior, Dukoski is now retired, the much senior doctor. He didn't know what I did on day-to-day -day basis uh, while, while writing the paper. So what I did in 2002 was I introduced a new concept that this is more than boxes. This is not dementia pugilistica. That the way we've been thinking about this disease for hundreds of years is wrong. That this disease affects 
every spectrum of contact sports. We couldn't call it dementia pugilistica because this is not dementia pugilistica. I did not discover the concept that traumatic brain injury causes brain damage. No. Before the work we did, we used to think dementia pugilistica was called what is called an amyloidopathy. We thought it was a different type of protein. And I said, no, what I'm seeing here is not amyloid. Now, what I'm seeing here is tau. So this is a completely new disease or new disease process, whatever you want to call it. We couldn't give it, call it dementia pugilistica. So this disease we've discovered, what do we call it? I couldn't give it any name I wanted. I went back to the literature to look for names that are already in the literature. I have never said that I was the first to use that terminology. It is not possible. How could you be the first to use the terminology chronic, traumatic, encephalopathy? These are generic terminologies. But the naysayers will want, you know, when people are not being honest and truthful, they will add up lies to make their alternative truth more believable. I have never said I was the first to use to use the terminologies. It's not possible. It's like saying that Albert Einstein was the first to use uh, the terminology theory of relativity. But in terms of the, the, the disease we saw, we needed to give it a name. And because of a principle called the Dubbert principle, people could research it as D-A-U-B-E-R-T. I couldn't use a new name for it. So I used names already in the literature to name this disease we've discovered. I made several hypotheses in my paper that other scientists should test my hypothesis. And guess what? I was proving wrong. CTE has become an accepted disease. Even, uh, even uh, a household name, everybody, including my nine-year-old son, knows what CTE is. The science has moved forward. So why are we going back to what happened 18, 20 years ago? What do you think is at play here? Do you, do you believe... Uh, that um, there are other doctors, scientists, researchers uh, who want to be um, the uh, the leader in this. This is, this is sort of like when uh, folks were uh, dealing with HIV and AIDS and you had these different doctors across the globe who were trying to be the first to discover this or discover that. Uh, to, to go down in history. Uh, it, it, do you believe that that is what is at play here uh, with this that, article with these doctors? That, that is what is at play here. You know, I'm not American. I'm a foreigner who came to America to discover a disease in America's most popular sport. America, many American doctors find that embarrassing. And there's been a narrative to displace me. But what I want to share with the world, I'm a Christian. Today, I performed nine autopsies. I'm very aware of my mortality. Look at Kobe Bryant died last weekend. I could be dead tomorrow. What does it beget you to inherit the whole world and lose your soul? Because you want to be recognized for something or Malo was recognized or you're willing to destroy your Malo's name just for your own self-aggrandizement. That is what is called wickedness. And people should see it for what it is. This happened 18, 20 years ago. I've moved on. What I'm working on now is how to find ways to diagnose CTE in living people and to treat CTE. I've moved away from how CTE is diagnosed. Let other people take care of that. I'm moving on 
or on to the next frontier. I mark my word, when I do the same work, some other person will come to take a, a benefit from it. And I've been told, well, Lord, I did not grow up in this country. But African-Americans have told me that, look, Bernard, what you're experiencing is a repeat of the precedent of the experience, the black experience in America. That is what I've been told, that I should stand strong, let my work speak for itself. So let me ask you, my work has existed now for almost 20 years. How come suddenly, 18, 20 years later, people are beginning to talk about what happened 20 years ago? And when I did my work, this was the same narrative the NFL made, the same narrative they gained to impeach me, to discredit me. But they did it on the pages of Science Journal. They did not do it on the pages of a newspaper written by a sports writer who doesn't have any science background. Many of the things said in that article are bogus, are shameful, and sometimes I wonder, I hold America in very high regard. After I read that article, I'm like, gee, is this the America I knew when I was a child? What is going on? So I just want to be clear, because you actually, you say something, and it was also in this piece here, that you did not name CTE, you diagnosed a concept. But but, but, but you admit that, that that name, the name CT, had been around for a number of years. Yes, that is what I've... In fact, if it had not been around, I wouldn't have used it. That is the point I'm making. Because of the double, D-A-U-B-E-R-T, I'm also a forensic pathologist. Because I knew this disease was an occupational disease. That sooner or later, it will be in the court of law, which happened. And successfully, we had the settlement. And there are so many cases in the court of law today. Okay? So I, I chose that name because it was already in existence. And that was the name. It's like when you when you have a son. My son is Mark. And I named him Mark. And somebody is coming to say, oh, Mark is not my son because he's not the first person to be called Mark. That's nonsense. So the name had been there. And I, I went to, I had 26 names that I found in the literature. And I selected chronic traumatic encephalopathy because it sounded very erudite. It had a good act for it. And it is actually a very generic terminology. It doesn't really mean anything. It does, it's not a specific name. It doesn't really mean a bad brain associated with trauma. So I said, this is the terminology I will use. And I said to the world, this disease I'm proposing to the world that I saw in Mike Webster's brain I will call it chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And this is what I believe caused it. Repeated banging of his head. Concussions and subconcussions. Let the world go test it and prove me wrong. The world did not prove me wrong. In fact, I've been recognized. People have said, Bennett, oh my gosh, you, you were very successful. How did you come up with this concept? So you now notice, rather than debating the concept, the disease with me, they are now moving away to the periphery to pick up things that are immaterial, that don't really make any sense. Why don't you engage me in the debate? What is CTE? I said, I said, there are many, many more, if you go back to my first paper, that I believe this disease was an epidemic. Guess what? The same Dr. McKee that is criticizing me did a study and found that almost 99% of the retired football players have CTE. If you go, I wrote an op-ed in the Daily Mail newspaper 
two months ago, they discovered that soccer players in Scotland have a higher risk of developing dementia and CTE. I was invited. I wrote an op-ed. And guess what? Today, Scotland is limiting heading in soccer. The same thing in America. I said no child under the age of 18 should have the ball. Guess what? The soccer federation in the United States has reduced the, uh, uh, had stated no child under the age of 12 should have the ball. So everything I've pronounced, everything I have said, people have validated and reproduced on the pages of scientific journal. So what is the problem? Dr. Ben and Amalo, uh, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to share with us your thoughts and uh, give us an exclusive interview responding uh, to this Washington Post article. Thanks, sir. Thank you so much, Roland. All right. I want to go to uh, my panel, Mustafa. Uh, again, you, you look, look, look at this Washington Post piece. Yeah. Uh, all the different doctors here, and, and, and I think if you look at the, and the reason I use uh, the AIDS example, I mean, I remember all, all of these folks were, were clamoring who discovered what and who was going to find a cure and who all these different... And, and it was a battle because it came down to who eventually, for history, will be the one who gets the credit. Do you think that's what is at play here? I think there's a strong possibility that there's something like that that's going on. But also, we know that also with who found things, um, there are resources that are tied to that. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that is it all. You know, there's a connection that's there. Well, it's in, it's, it's in this article. Uh, in, in this article, to, to that point um, where um, the uh, perfect example, I'll, I'll read from what the, what the Post reported. Uh, the National Institute of Neuro Neurological Disorders and Stroke recently launched a $16 million effort to study CTE in people who are still alive. Mm -hmm. It involves 50 investigators at 17 institutions. Mm -hmm. Amalo said he believes racism also played a role in his, his not being included in that group. Uh, then they say, NIH says that as a matter of policy, they cannot discuss applicants for a grant other than those who received it, but that the grant-making system is entirely transparent. Uh, Amalo is trying to also raise his own $10 million to fund a clinical trial uh, on this whole issue. Yeah. yeah. A lot of dollars that are attached to research. John, when I used to work for Congressman Conyers, he used to always tell me, follow the dollars, and he'll tell you everything you need to know about a situation. So we need to make sure that people are paying attention to that also and see who's truly benefiting um, from this. Deontay, your assessment of what you heard from Doc and then, of course, uh, this Washington Post article. Um, I agree. Um, you know, it's all about it's all about the dollars. It's all about the Benjamins, and you definitely want to, uh, you know, who gets the credit also based upon you know where they want to put the money, um, and also I think it does play a race issue of you know, you know, in history, who do you want to be known as finding a cure for AIDS? Who you want to be known for finding a cure for cancer? Um, you know, so I think that's. That's where I'm, I met with that. Again, um, it was um, very interesting to read this article, so I certainly appreciate uh, Dr. Amalo uh, for coming on the show, sharing his thoughts. Got to go to break real quick, and then we'll come back with our final story back on Roland Martin Unfiltered in a moment.
You want to support Roller Barge Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. On Monday and Tuesday, the Congressional Black Caucus is calling for an emergency national summit of African-American leadership uh, on Monday, February 3rd. Uh, there will be a, um, a convening taking place uh, at the Hyatt Regency, uh, Washington Capitol Hill. Uh, we will be there live streaming the event as well. Then on February 4th, on Tuesday, uh, there is going to be uh, a day-long session taking place on, in the United States Capitol at the theater there as well. And so uh, this is about focus on the 2020 election, but also the U.S. Census. And so the Congressional Black Caucus Political Action Committee will be holding the event on Monday, and the CBC will be holding the event on Tuesday. For more information, go to cbc.house.gov forward slash 2020 summit. That's cbc.house.gov forward slash 2020 summit. Virginia officially became the 38th state to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment on Monday. This will likely lead to court fights over whether the measure can be added to the Constitution. State lawmakers made history earlier this month when each chamber of the General Assembly separately approved ratification resolutions. On Monday, the House and Senate took the final procedural step of signing off on each other's measures. Here's the announcement. So this is it. This is the day that Virginia becomes the 38th and final state needed to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment into the United States Constitution. <laughs> Standing here today, I know the shoulders of the giants that I stand on. The people who came before me fighting for the Equal Rights Amendment for decades. To all of you, I say thank you. Thank you to the women and men who have agitated for equality, disrupted the status quo, and fought fearlessly for change. I, along with 160 million women and girls across this nation, your mothers, your daughters, we say thank you. Equality of, of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. These 24 words will be the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The resolutions on bipartisan votes overseen by Senate President Pro Tem Louise Lucas and House Speaker Eileen Filler-Corn. Both Filler-Corn and Lucas are the first women to hold their titles in Virginia. The push for ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment has been a long battle, and the future is certainly still uncertain. All right, folks, uh, we've, uh, the Grammys took place on Sunday. Uh, and uh, what is happening there, of course, uh, folks, music and all the folks walking the red carpet. But... One of the issues that came up again was why is it that black celebrities ignore black media on the red carpet? Now, black media folks have been complaining about this for a number of years, not only at the Grammys, but at the Emmys, at the Oscars, all of these major award shows. 
how many of these publicists will simply just walk their clients by because also what happens is they put black media at the end of the carpet. And so you go through all the major media outlets first and then they're tired of talking. So it's like, oh, I got to get inside. I got to get inside. And they bypass black media. Well, black tree media, uh, Jamal, uh, first of all, black tree media, which has covered the show for the last 14 years, they were there with their cameras this year uh, and actually decided to show what took place. Check this out. Hey, Gucci, come on, man. Do it for the black media, Gucci. It's black-owned media, Gucci. Don't just do people. Come on, Gucci. Come on, Gucci, man. Come on, the hood right here. Hey, Gucci, I was in 6 Southwest with you. Gucci, I was in 6 Southwest. <laughs> come on, man. Do the black media, man. Don't just do Vulture. Don't just do, the, don't do, just, don't just do people. Don't just do people, Quavo. Come on, Quavo. How you gonna be for the hood like that? I'm calling you. Joining us now is Jamal Finkley, show creator of Black Tree on TV. Uh, Jamal, uh, man, you you've uh, straight up uh, got a lot of people's attention uh, with this, and uh, you just said enough is enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as any journalist, like, you hate to be the story. I'm used to covering celebrities, and they're always the exciting story for uh, our viewers uh, on all of our partner uh, networks and everything. But, I mean, it was it was a time, it was, a, it was an emotional time, you know, just hearing about Kobe and everything. And, and part of you just wanted to be like, yo... You know, we only get we only we only hear for a limited time. It's, 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 I'm tired of not saying anything. I'm tired of not showing it because after all these years, it, it should be different. And I feel like we all play a part in that. So that's why I want to just turn the lens around and something like let me just show people what I really see because they only see the good side of it all the time. I'm like, let me just show you how it really is. Like, what's what the struggle is for us. And look, this is like, this is not just something that happens even at these award shows. I mean, look, we talked about it. I mean, I've it I it happens at the NAACP Image Awards. I mean, last yeah. year we were on the yeah. red carpet, uh, and I forgot the sister's name, but she was the uh, uh, she was the star of uh, uh, If Bill Street Could Talk, and it was a trip because her publicist was telling her. No, 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 not, not, not to do it. You know, we, we're going to wait for, I think it was Extra or Access Hollywood. And, and she's literally looking at her going, okay, he just talked to me last month. And, and we yeah. shot the whole deal. We actually have the video of it. And so that happens. And the thing that I don't understand, Jamal, is, and I keep saying this, and I've been saying it for years, to all these black stars, you pay them. Exactly. exactly. You, don't, you can say, no, hey, I, no, I'm going to go talk. For 30 seconds, the black media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's disheartening. And, and when, when you know, like, the whole other side of it that, you know, I was, I was next to a string of uh, uh, three black media outlets and um, allhiphop.com and The Grape and uh, EUR Web was uh, a bit down. And, you know, you know these, these ladies and gentlemen that's, that's working in the street got their hair done got nice suits, you know, you know, people are being paid. And it's just, it's just like, this is, this is work. We're here to, 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 to get content, to, to share with our viewers, to tell a story. And if you guys just ignore us like this, 
how do we survive? It's yeah, like, it's but, but the other deal, Jamal, let's just be honest. These same folk uh, beg us to come on our platforms before they blow up. And then when they yeah. blow up, all of a sudden it's like, oh, now, oh, now you can't talk to us. Right, right, right. I mean, that's definitely the, that's definitely the, the, the lineage of going from being, uh, you know, talking and, and then not. But then there's some of the biggest stars that always talk. Will Smith always talks. Tom Cruise, if you could get on the carpet, he always talks, you know. And you look at it like uh, part of it was thinking about we, we've had four interviews with Kobe Bryant, you know, and we, we interviewed Nipsey, you know, right on the eve of his death in one of his first interviews. And if you think about those, the greatest stars was sometimes with, it, because the, the reason what makes them greatest, like the way they know the business. And, and when you see, you know, a lot of a lot of people just taking us for granted and not talking to us, like it's it's a slap in the face. It, it's, it's, it's disrespectful and it's just it's no way for us to progress as media outlets, as, as you know, as people that's holding their image, you know, you know, with, with some endearment to, it's no way for us to do that when we don't have the opportunities. Well, and uh, that's absolutely it. So, look, uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, showing that, exposing that. Uh, people need to see it. But people also just, just need to understand uh, what we have to deal with uh, in black media and like I said, when people get in trouble, it's amazing how they got our phone numbers. It, it's amazing <laughs> how, uh, or, or when they're working on a project and uh, they're not getting the publicity support and it's an independent project, how, man, they all got our emails and phone numbers. Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, Doc. There's a lot of facets to it, man. I just hope, like, this conversation, although, like I said, I'm uncomfortable being a part of the story. I mean, I uh, just hope this conversation leads to, you know, some 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 bigger solutions. So, does us looking in the mirror, the publicists looking in the mirror, the studios, these award show staff. Like, I, I think like everybody needs to look in the mirror and say like, if we're gonna be accountable for everything, if we're gonna respect everybody in 2020, if we're gonna move be moving into this right direction, we need to like stop ignoring what's what's an obvious. Uh, just uh, misfortune. Yep. All right, Jamal. I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. This, this is the thing, uh, Mustafa, that people... I appreciate it, Jamal. Thanks a lot. That people don't understand that's real. Mm-hmm. That when you're in black media, how you get, how you get dissed and ignored. Yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta take care of home. And, you know, for folks coming up, you should treat folks the same way when you get to the top. But you made the best point, is that, you know, you are paying folks. And stop allowing them to herd you. Stop allowing them to tell you who you can and cannot speak to. And, and make sure that you are supporting, you know, where you come from. Uh, Deontay, that's the thing that, I mean, I look, this can apply to politics. Same thing happens when you have politicians who don't necessarily uh, want to do what's right. Uh, then all of a sudden, uh, you've got to call them out when they, they'll quickly call the Washington Post and the New York Times and those folks, and then they ignore black media. Then, of course, a story crops up uh, dealing with past racial comments, and next thing you know, boy, they're not to call black people left and right. I think it's the same thing even as a strategist, um, how hard you work to get a candidate in, and they get elected, mm-hmm. and two years later, whatever, you know, during the off year when they're not running, 
you hear nothing from them, or when it's a scandal, oh, they need you. Um, or even just a black organization, even black Republican organization, um, and I've seen this with white Republicans and black Republicans, is that when you need something when nothing's going on, you don't hear from them, but when there's a scandal, especially there's a black issue, oh, yeah, I'm gonna call the Black Assortment Federation and see if they can release a statement. I wanna play this here. This is an interview that I did with Kerry Washington a couple of years ago where I actually, we actually talked about this. Uh, go, I should have it up. Go to it. Preach, preach, preach. I've been in black media more than anybody else. <laughs> mm. And I have interviewed a lot of people, political entertainment. And what, I, and I've told many people this, what I appreciate is your deal has been, I am talking to Roland. I'm doing this media. 2012, we were back and forth trying to get you on, talk about scandal. I had, Ju I had uh, Judy on, I had Columbus on. I always, and, and I remember we were staying, I was doing a live shot, and you about to do a live hit, and we didn't realize that we were staying next to each other. And so we hug, and you turn to the ABC person, you are getting me on TV One. Yeah. And you make that you make that point that that's important. And I tell black folks in Hollywood all the time, we're Don't always here. Your Don't forget us. Don't forget where you come from. Don't forget your community. Why would you want to? It's who you are. You know, you can do everything, but don't let go of yourself to do everything. Do everything as yourself, with yourself, with your community. Otherwise, you'll be lost. Absolutely. Yeah. Always a pleasure. I love you. Appreciate it. I love you as well. <laughs> let me tell you what, happened, what, ha what actually happened there. So she was doing, it was either Jimmy Kimmel or the Jimmy Fallon. Mm -hmm. And and they were and this was when she was doing the uh, the HBO movie where she played Anita Hill mm -hmm. uh, and Wendell Pierce played Clarence Thomas. Uh, and the publicist, they were like, well, you know, we got this interview over here. And so they wanted to give me 20 minutes mm -hmm. and then do the longer interview with one of those two. Carrie said, how about they get 20 minutes? and rolling gets the hour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's how we got the hour interview. Because she said, no, because she also was like, yo, when what no, when no, what nobody, see everybody, what everybody forgets, mm -hmm. Scandal was a mid-season replacement. It was an eight episode mid-season replacement that was in the spring of 2012. Mm -hmm. they, they were not put on the fall schedule in 2011. She told me about the show in 2011. Uh, and I sent the first tweet out when they didn't get picked up on the fall schedule. Mm -hmm. All these all these people talk about they call themselves these gladiators. No, no. Mm -hmm. I sent the first tweet out saying my disappointment, Scandal didn't get picked up. People didn't realize is that Scandal only had a 13-episode commitment in the fall of 2012. Because mm -hmm. the ratings kept getting better, ABC said, let's let's do a full season of 22 episodes. Mm -hmm. Okay? So all you people who watch Scandal, if you see the episode where uh, Tony Goldwyn uh, playing the president, he suffocates the Supreme Court justice. That was supposed to be the season ending and show ending episode. Mm. But then it got picked up, so they were like, oh damn, because those episodes already can. And like, okay, we got to figure out how to restart the show. So Kerry was like, yo, who was riding for me before the New York Times and People Magazine were calling? And that's why she did that. And so that's, that, that's why that's important. And so I hope by Jamal calling out those black celebrities, that they will have some level of consciousness uh, and 
tell their publicists that, yo, if I got to be inside the doors in 15 minutes, I'm going to cut some stuff short here. I got to make sure that I, 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 I do it down there. E- even if you do, even if you got three, four or five folks down there and you simply, they all do an interview together, that way they're all able to get, get, get some stuff. You can't do individual. That's fine. That's fine. But that has to happen. And I'm telling you, for y'all don't realize it, it's a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people in politics and a whole bunch of people in business and entertainment who do this stuff to black media all the time. I've run three black newspapers, two black cable networks, black website, black magazine. I've seen it, and I personally cussed some folks out and made clear I will not play that game because demanding you, that you're going to respect what we bring to the table. And sometimes you got to have that attitude, so I appreciate uh, what Jamal did there with Black Tree TV. Folks, last story here, Chris Dolman, a star defensive end at Pitt from 1981 through 84, who went on to a Hall of Fame career as a dominant pass rusher of the NFL, has passed away. He was 58 years old. The fourth overall pick of the 1985 draft by the Minnesota Vikings, Dolman played 15 seasons in the NFL and holds status as one of the most productive pass rushers of all time. Defensive end and outside linebacker, he was an eight-time Pro Bowler, earning six berths as a member of the Vikings and one each as a member of the Atlanta Falcons and San Francisco 49ers. Doman received his Pro Football Hall of Fame in Shriner in 2012. He died of brain cancer. He had a brain tumor that was removed last year. Certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. All right, folks, that's it for us today. Don't forget to support Roller Martin Unfiltered by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, Every dollar you give goes to support this show. You can use Cash App, PayPal, Square. We take all of those. Also, uh, yesterday I had the uh, shirt given to me by the Morehouse Band Director. Uh, Today I am repping the uh, hoodie of University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And as you see, uh, marching musical machine of the Mid-South. And so when I spoke at UAPB uh, a couple, a few years ago, uh, they gave me this here. And so that's why I'm rocking this today. So shout out to the folks at UAPB showing y'all some love today. That's it, folks. Uh, I got to go. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Hey, tomorrow also is uh, Thursday. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service, they're doing the stamp unveiling of the stamp for Gwen Eiffel, taking place at Metropolitan AME Church. Roller Martin Unfiltered is going to be there live streaming the entire event that's taking place tomorrow uh, here in Washington, D.C., 11 a.m. Eastern. So you want to check us out. Then on Friday, I'll be at North Carolina A&T, where I'll be speaking at the 60th, 60th anniversary of the Lunch Counter sit-ins. Of course, started by four North Carolina A&T freshmen. But that's going to be on Friday. And so that's why it's important for you to support what we do, for us to be able to go to the stamp unveiling of, of a Gwen Eiffel, to go to be able to broadcast uh, the North Carolina A&T uh, anniversary of the Lunch Counter sit-in. Uh, look, other black media ain't doing this. Y'all, y'all take y'all time. Go, y- y'all, right now, you can go to Essence and Ebony and Black Enterprise and Blavity. You can go to all the Griot. You can go to all these black sites out here. And if it's not entertainment, they are not there covering the sort of stories that we cover every single day. That's why we do what we do. So we know mainstream not covering it. And that's why we're the only black media outlet that's doing this. That's why we need your help to remain black-owned and independent. So please support what we do by supporting Roland Martin Unfiltered by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. All right, folks, I'll see you tomorrow. Holla!
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.